You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Lucas got the iPad now. Watch out. Nah, it's kind of weird. I have to go all the way from there, all the way over here, get everything set up right there. It's kind of a weird thing of being this side of the pulpit. But uh, the main thing is, though, I'm, I'm honored to be up here to minister the word tonight. Um, it's been a minute since I've done a, a full service right there. Um, I believe the last time I did was um, when I came back from Romania. And so uh, I know there's some other uh, opportunities I had with shotgun preaching, tag team preaching, um, even ministering in our Life Connect groups. And so um, I don't take this lightly. Um, I know I was definitely challenged not only by, you know, some individuals around me, but even by God himself, which is the most important thing, that God challenged me. God put that forth in me. And so it, it's really a privilege to be back up here on the, on, the, uh, on, the, on the platform right here to minister God's word. And um, like uh, my dad said, I mean, that you hear the voice behind the voice tonight right there. Because that's what I'm being used as a vessel to just extend, exalt his name, and just minister a word that I believe is timely for our church right now. And so, as you know, we've been going through the voice series the past couple of weeks right there. Uh, we've spent some time focusing on different aspects of God's voice in our lives. Um, we've shown that God has, we have the uh, dynamic ability to speak and influence others in our lives, for instance, right there. Um, in our own social circles, we have ability to minister to people. Um, no matter where you come from, who you are, the education that you may have, um, you have that ability to minister to someone. God can use any individual in this room to minister in their, in their circles around them. Um, another thing that we've learned and that have been shown is that we have a source of strength and direction in our lives um, by God's voice. Um, it's by t- taking a moment to, be, to press in and go deeper in hearing God's voice that we can find that solace, that we can find that peace in our hearts when we need it the most. And so tonight, we, uh, we, I want to identify elements of his voice in, in kind of a different way right here. Um, as you can kind of see the title of my message, in reflecting his voice. Um, if you want to take that and sit for a moment, reflecting his voice. And so I want to get into our key text for tonight, which is uh, Job uh, chapter 33, uh, verses 14 through 18 right there. Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 18 right there. And let's see. Oh, Josh is, is doing his part right there and uh, taking part of the offerings right there. And so I think I can go ahead and... Uh, Oh, that's right, I don't have the app right there. It's all right, he'll be back in a second right there. So if you follow along with me in Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 18, it says, For God speaks and again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on, the peop- on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from, wrong- from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave from crossing over the river of death. And so, if it's one person that uh, can really speak on the account of uh, having encounters with God and interacting with God, hearing his voice, it's Job. Um, it's, uh, most of that chapter was pretty one-sided. 
uh, Job was expressing his frustrations with God. Um, and then towards the end of the, of the book, uh, God kind of comes back right there and sets him in his place. But in this portion of our key text right here, um, Job's friend Elihu uh, brings correction to Job. So who, like I mentioned, was frustrated with God and believed that God wasn't going to respond back to him in all the times, all the things that he was going through. Um, Elihu reminds Job of who God is and the many ways in which he speaks to us. Um, Elihu shows that God speaks to us in various tones right here. That's the key thing. He speaks to him in various tones. Um, I don't know about uh, a lot of you guys right here. Maybe you guys are similar to me, but I'm, I'm a kind of a person that focuses on someone's tone when they're speaking to me. Um, there's one thing of reading what someone's written right there, and of course, reading the Bible, reading a good book right there, you can kind of guess what the author was going through right there. Maybe you can get a, a, either a look at a commentary or a documentary to confirm what they were going through when they wrote that. But it's an entirely different dynamic when you hear someone actually express it with their own voice. Um, you can see some of the excitement someone has. You can see the confusion they might have about a matter, um, the amusement they could see in something funny, um, the sadness in a moment of tragedy or the appreciation they could have for someone or something in their life. Um, you may have heard this phrase before, which brings me to the first point of my message. It's not what you say, but what? How you say it. So it's not what you say, but how you say it. You see, there's a specific term for these patterns, and in order for us to identify how God speaks in our lives, we need to know what that exactly is. And so we're going to kind of go to school right now for a second. So that term is intonation. That's the word for it, intonation. And so what is intonation? It's a pattern of variation in spoken speech right there. And so you're looking at someone's rises and falls right there. You, the rises when they're excited about something, when they're frustrated, you hear them raise their voice, they're, they're upset with the matter or the lows in the voice, they don't want to really talk about it, they're sad. You, you see the rises and the falls in someone's speech during intonation. Um, when you're looking at that, you're not looking at the words that they're saying specifically, um, you know, we're not, uh, but we're looking at, uh, let's see here, we're looking at how the words are being said. So like I said, it's not what's being said, it's but how it's being said. You know, if it's words that are going to be said with confidence and certainty, or if it's words that have doubt and uncertainty right there. And so in intonation, we're looking at specifically those, uh, um, uh, how it's being expressed right there. Um, you're also looking at the emotions and the attitudes of the speaker. You know, do they seem bothered with what they're saying? Um, how do they seem to care? Do they really seem to care about what's going on right there? Um, you're also looking at whether they're actually speaking with statements, with like a surety. Um, this happened right here. Um, or they're looking at the question. They're not really sure right there. They don't have a full understanding right there. And so the main thing to kind of make sure that you're on the same page right here, intonation is how it's being expressed right there. If they're speaking with confidence or they're speaking like they don't know, they don't understand what's going on right there. Um, and so you may think of it as, you know, it might go over your head, but we actually kind of look at intonation a lot more often than we think we do. Um, I'm going to look at a study right here. Um, according to the works pu published by Professor Albert Merabian, um, he's a psychology professor at UCLA, um, when we sense that something's not matching up right there with how someone's speaking, uh, we break it down as such right here. 7% um, of what the person's saying, uh, we, we're focusing on the actual words right there. So we're not really caring about really too much what they're saying right there. So for instance, men, if your wife's yelling at you right there, at that point, you're not really focusing so much on what she's saying. You're focusing on that 38%, which is the paralinguistic or how the words are being said. You're noticing your wife is yelling at you. She's red in the face. She is not happy with you. And boy, you better do something right right there. 
And then, of course, that goes into 55% of focus on the facial expression or the body language. And so when you see there's something inconsistent with how someone's talking, that's how our mind kind of works when we look at what they're saying right there. We're, we're less focused on the vocabulary of what they're saying and more so how they're saying it and, of course, their body language and their facial expression right there. So you see this whole study right here, the 77, 38, 55% rule, as it's called, um, it has a big impact on, like, within the intonation and the facial expressions. It has an impact on someone's influence and trust in their, in their lives. Um, if you're picking apart not so much the words that someone is saying, but if you're focusing on their, their body language and how they're saying the words, you, you, you can start to lose trust in someone right there. And so part of you may be wondering why I'm actually getting into this right here and how this is going to relate to the voice of God's in our lives. But, you know, in order for us to uh, recognize God's voice, we need to know what intonation is, which is this whole idea right here. And so we're going to get into part of this study as well later in my message right here. But, you know, we, in order to recognize that we, uh, now that we know what intonation is, uh, we can recognize how God speaks in our lives. Um, you see, God is evident in our lives as believers, and he speaks in various tones as he uh, guides us right there. And so uh, we have a unique relationship with our Father, and I see, and in my case right there, and I believe in many of other cases right here, he has kind of a firm but gentle approach with us right there. Um, God comes to us in very different ways right there. So, for instance, the first way he comes to us is as the leader. Um, you see, God is a leader that guides us and gives us wisdom and direction in our lives. You know, we know when we, that when we hear from Christ, we are listening to a voice that speaks with confidence and certainty. We don't have to question whether or not God knows what's right for us because he is our father. He's the leader in our lives. He knows what's best for us. We go over him for direction right there. You know, maybe you go, you go to someone right there and you're, and you're looking at them. And you're like, man, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm not going to listen to them. But with God, we don't have that same situation. We can trust him completely for our lives. And we don't have to question that, but oftentimes we end up doing questioning them anyway right there. I think it's our human nature right there. But God knows exactly what's best for us. He's the leader in our lives. If we look at James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the seas blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Um, some of you might recognize this next portion of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you the path to t which path to take. Do not be impressed by your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. So you see, once again, that's one part of our relationship with Jesus Christ right there, is that he's the leader in our lives. And we recognize that. We recognize that authority voice right there where we can, uh, like, don't have to follow it with question, but we can trust in the Lord. Um, another way that God speaks to us is as the teacher. Uh, God speaks to us as a teacher as well. He speaks to us with a voice of patience to show us the way we need to walk as disciples. And he also forgives us when we fall short or we choose not to follow his word right there. Um, as, as many of you, some of you are teachers in place, especially teachers in our children's ministry. It takes a lot of patience to get through to these kids, for instance, right there. And we're those kids in this situation right here. God extends patience and patience. No, mijo, you got to do it like this. No, son, you need to go this way. You need to stop doing that. It takes a lot of patience. God has 
a never-ending patience for us right there, uh, far greater than we have as uh, believers right here. You see, God will show us correction also when we need to be corrected too. So that's the other part of being a teacher. Not only is he going to have patience for us, but he's going to bring correction when we need it. You see, you know, whether it's by our own convictions or when we're not really getting the message, when we're continuously falling back into what we're doing, we're falling into sin, um, you know, we just, we're giving into our flesh right there, God will bring that correction forth right there. You see, we serve a mighty God, and he can make his voice very clear to us in a second. Um, Psalms 29, 3-4 says, The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. Uh, the God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders above the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. So just giving you an example of how, how powerful God really is when it comes to the correction. And so when we fall short of it, when we continue to do what we're doing, that's when the wrath of God can come to us. So that's where we see that sternness, that firmness from God. Um, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 13, if you guys want to turn there, I want to make sure that we highlight this uh, portion of Scripture as we get into God disciplining us. So, as you see in uh, chapter uh, 12, verses 5 to 13 of Hebrews, it says, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child that is never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you're illegitimate and you're not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit more, even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? Uh, verse 10 says, For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. So you see part of that right there. We need to be open. We need to be receptive to God's correction in our lives right there. So God has shown us that he's leader in our lives. We go to him for direction, guidance, wisdom. When we don't know which way to go, he gives us that direction. But he's also our teacher. He gives us everything that we need. He equips us right there and he gets patience with us when we don't get it the first time and shows us correction. We can fall in the right way. God is evident in a lot. And he has, you see that voice of encouragement, peace. Um, a lot of people have said that, including uh, one of the top head pastor, Joe Weidegger, the whole gentleman in our lives, right? To lift us up when we're down, to see the best in us when we don't even see it for ourselves. He shows us that we're better than the things that we fall into, the ways that we can look at people in situations. Um, God sees, always sees the best in you. And see, God believes in us, and he wants to take us to higher places. But we just need to reach out and receive that for it. You see, uh, part of the Romans' road to salvation shows us in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. It says, that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe your heart, in your heart that God raised him from your dead, you'll be what? Saved. For it is believing in your heart that you are made right with God and is by openly declaring in your faith, by your faith that you are saved. And if you go down to verse 13, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, God first came into our hearts and our relationships with him started. Um, for some of us, it was an instant click. It was an instant head over heels attraction right there, infatuation with the Lord right there. We just fell over, just all in it with God. Um, if some of you have seen some new converts right there, they just, 
they're just willing to go tell everyone how much God has changed them and just willing to share it all around them. They have that, that instant faith to go ahead and, as Pastor Arts has said, you know, get car batteries going right there, believing for that. Believe God's going to do all these crazy things right there. But for some of us, it took a little while for us to get on board with the whole Jesus thing, to get on God's wavelength, to hear him the way that we need to be hearing him. And you, you see, you know, that took us a little bit of time to gain a further understanding of who he is and what he's called us out of right there. But that's the whole part, this whole dynamic of God's voice as well, is that he wants to be that best friend. He wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to go to him to everything right there, every day. You know, this isn't just something that you just call one of your Facebook friends every so often right there just to see what's going on right there. But this is just a daily affair with Christ. We need to go ahead and have a constant uh, covenant with him. Uh, Revelations 3.20 says, look, I stand in the door and knock. If you, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal as friends. And then in Psalms 116 verses 1 through 2, it says, I love the Lord. And because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. You see, that's the kind of attitude we need to have towards Christ right there. We need to continuously have that certainty because God is always available to us. He'll never let us down. God always makes himself available to us. Even when we don't want to necessarily hear him, God will continuously show himself to you. And so we need to have that attitude in Psalms right here. We need to continuously pray and seek him right there and continue to have that best friend, that communion with him. Um, you see, we've come to know the voice of God in many different ways. And we're often influenced by the way he speaks to us and as we are obedient to his will in his lives. You see, that's the first half of our walk as believers. You know, it doesn't just stop right there. You know, it's not just about you and God right there. So now that you're on the same page with God, now you're in the same wavelength with God, now we got to go into the second half of your walk with God, which we should all be taking part of. It's not just for a pastor. It's not just for a minister. It's not just for a Bible study leader. It's for everyone in this room to be involved in. And is that how we should come to others, which is my third point right here. And so... You see, like I mentioned, it's not just about us and God, but it's about those around us right there. It's all centered around the Great Commission, as we've come to know right there, sharing this good news that, about our relationship with God, the daily walk that we have with him, the daily things that God has imparted in our lives right there, the word that he's given us. You know, it's our duty to share it to not only that, those who are uh, unsaved and those of our unsaved family members, our coworkers, those in our social networks and communities, but we should also be sharing that with others right there in, within the body of Christ as well. You know, as it says, of course, in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. And so, you know, that's part of our second half of the walk with uh, the Lord right here. So you see, we got to recognize the importance of where we are, you know, but we have to also examine ourselves, which is something that we should all be, uh, be a part of, being a part of self-examination. Being able to look at yourself and being honest with yourself where there's some areas you need to work on right there. And it's a very humbling experience but it's absolutely necessary as a believer. You gotta be able to honestly look at yourself and say, God, what can I do better? You know, am I being the best family member that I could be to my family? Am I being the best coworker to, to those in my workplace right there? Am I doing them wrong by not telling them about who you are, the relationship that I have with you? You know, so we need to go ahead and look at these things right here um, as part of our walk right there. We need to evaluate these things um, as you see if we're a part of God's voice in our lives. Um, first off, are we approachable? Um, do we show that God's making a difference in our lives? Have we allowed God to change those fleshly parts of our personalities, or do we hold on to those? Are we kind of afraid, you know, I'm not going to be me if I'm not who I used to be? Are you really, are you being resistant? Are you being stubborn and saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to change. This is who I am. God can either take it or leave it. 
Some of us can trust. Some of us can come hard. You see, you see, do our actions also honor Christ? Are we living the way that we should be living? Or is that just something we put on, a facade we put on for while we're here at church? Something we can post on our Facebook page so that way we can show our pastor, hey, you see, I'm reading my word right here. I'm at the coffee table. You know, you posted that post in advance. You're really asleep right there. You did it the night before so that way, pastor, you see yourself at 7 in the morning. Or is that just me? I don't know. You see, do we show others that we're even worth listening to? You know, when you came into Christ, you know, maybe some of us, we were some jacked up people. Maybe some of us, you know, no, no one really liked us. You know, no one liked the, pe the people that we used to be before. You know, maybe we were a little bit snide. Maybe we talked down to people. And so what's different in your life now that people are going to listen to you? Are you giving people worth listening to you? Otherwise, are they just looking at you? You're just the same old guy, same old lady right there, you know? I'm not going to hear this guy. This guy's crazy right there. Same old dude that used to cap on me back in the streets, used to push me around. I'm not going to listen to them. They're not worth my time. Are we showing that God's changed us? You see, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 says, Keep a close watch on how you live and your own teach on your teaching. Stay true to what is right and for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Um, 1 Timothy 1.19 says, Clean your faith in Christ and keep your consciousness clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. You see, we must show those around us that we honestly care about them. We got to be genuine. Because people can smell when you're being fake from a mile away. You can go ahead and paint it up and make it look good, put a tie on on Sunday morning and say God's doing something good. But unless you're uh, actually uh, walking the walk, then all it is is just talk. All it is is just talk. You just put it on a show for someone and no one's going to believe you. You got to show them that God's doing something different in you. You see, we got to show not only that we cared about their salvation, we need to show that we care to them as, as individuals. And for some of us, that's hard. It's, it's honestly hard for us to show a genuine interest in someone. You know, we could just say, oh, yeah, I, I care about their salvation, I guess. You know, they should be saved. You know, they're jacked up. Man, look at her. She can't even match her, her socks and her pants. Well, I don't know what kind of top she's wearing right there. Man, God, get a hold of her. We, we, we could, you know, we could just look at that. Just bare necessities. Whatever. I, have, I do not care about who they are. I don't care about what they want to do for God. We can be mean. That, if we can be honest in this place, we can be really mean. We can be selfish at times. We, we could be worried about our own faith walk right there, that we don't care about the people that are in this church. We don't care about the people in our families, communities, our coworkers. And shame on us for having that heart. Same for us for having that mindset right there. We honestly need to evaluate that self. We need to show someone that's interested. There's a difference. We need, so, we need, when someone's talking to you with no interest, you don't want to hear anything that they're saying. But if someone's going to say, hey, how you doing, bro? What you doing right there? No, I actually like that song right there. You know, hey, you want to go grab something to eat? You want to go uh, just talk, hang out, go to the movies right there? Let's, let's go ahead and go over just what we went over in, in church today. If you're showing that you have an interest, there's a whole different dynamic. You know, they're going to recognize, hey, he took some time to spend with me right there. He took time to, to see how I'm doing right there. He's genuinely shown an interest in me. And that's what the attitude we need to have. We need to show genuine interest in people. Um, another thing is right there is are we a reflection of God's word? How are we going to expect, speak effectively to people if we're not getting ourselves in the word right there? We got to show others that we're not just doing this by ourselves right there. It's not just me, Brandon, up here on the stage. It's God. 
And the same thing, as you're talking to people here in the church, you're talking to people in your families, communities, your workplaces, you're showing it's not just you, but we're just abiding, we're living by what God has shown us in the scripture, what God has shown us in our lives right there. You see, if someone shows us those, that skepticisms and doubts that we've had before, because for some of us, it took a little second to get, well, why, why can't I drink? Why can't I talk like that? Why can't I see that movie? You know, they, they have, you know, people in the world can have that same doubts that a lot of us had when we first came to Christ. You know, we got to be able to confidently know God's word, why we do what we do, why we believe what we believe, and why we're standing here today so that way we can counteract those things. Just the same way that someone ministered to us and told us why we shouldn't be doing those things, why we need to be living differently, why we can't think the same way, why we can't look at people the, the same way right there. We need to go ahead and get into God's word right there. So that way, just as someone was good to us, just as someone ministered to us, we can minister that same thing to other people right there. And so another thing is, the main thing is, are we a reflection of God's voice? Do we speak to, the same, to others the same way that God speaks to us? Do we point to others, to, the, to God in the word, when they need direction and wisdom? Um, are we allowing Christ to use us the way that he wants us to when we disciple someone or speak to someone about their salvation? You see, there's a fine difference by doing it your way and doing it God's way. You know, and I've had to learn that myself right there. I've, I've lost some friends before when I thought I was doing them a favor by telling them that God needed them and they needed to cut out whatever they were doing. But the thing is, I did it my own way. I, I, I was hard on some people. And because of that, I lost some friendships right there. And so that's the same way we can come right there. We can come hard. We can start capping on people. We can start tearing them down and just making them feel like they're, they're not worthy. And th that's all, all it's us. That's not God. God doesn't want to tear someone down. God doesn't want to rip someone apart. God wants us to build people up and show, hey, you can do this. You can make it in this faith walk right there. Amen, amen. You see, as it goes back to uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, I'm going to go ahead and get into this again. You see, it says, trust the Lord with your own heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his one all that you do, and he'll show you the path to take. Don't be impressed by your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil, and then you'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones right there. So let's see, let's not place these conversations we have with other people from our own understanding. If you're going to go minister to someone in this church right there, you better pray up before you minister to them. You better make sure that God, not only that you're going to prepare what I have in mind for me, but you're going to be there in the whole conversation. That if it gets ugly, that God, you're going to be in the midst. That, I, that way I don't say something dumb. That way I don't offend someone, that I don't hurt someone, I don't burn any bridges right there. And some of us maybe have burned some bridges before. You know, maybe we just, we got to, we had our own way of thinking about what we need to do to disciple someone. And like I said, things are weird now. Maybe you discipled someone the wrong way right there, and now it's just, you can't talk to them the same anymore. They don't receive the same thing from you. And that's where we fall short. That's where we're not being a reflection of God's voice in our lives. You see, we need, like I said, you need to make sure that God is with us throughout the whole process as we talk to someone, that we're constantly being a reflection of God's voice to others. Um, another thing is, are we persistent with others? You see, God was persistent with us. God didn't leave us alone. God will never leave us alone right there. Even when we're not listening and we don't hear it, God's voice is still speaking. So in the same way, are we persistent with others? Are you willing to minister to someone more than one time? Is it going to be more than one time? If you see some, cross someone in the streets, you give them a flyer, you're, are you going to ignore them? Are you going to hit them up again? Hey, um, are you thinking about coming to church right there? You know, did you think about that? You know, I'd love to see you there. You know, God has given us a voice. You see, by, by us not speaking, by us certainly be ignorant and be silent, we're going to be held responsible for what's going to happen. You know, what if they were to perish and you never told them? You're the only one that they were going to encounter and tell them about God.
you see? If someone shows you that they're not going to listen to you as well, or, or do you give up? Or do you say, like, you know what, forget them? You know, I try to minister to them, but you know what, they can figure it out themselves. Are we going to continue to pray for them? Are we going to go ahead and continue to contend for their salvation, continue to believe that, hey, God, you're gonna, I know you're going to get a hold of them. I know you're going to take a hold of them. You're going to move all that evil from them. But God, I'm just going to continue to pray for them. Sometimes it lasts a couple of days, or some, even after that, we're done. You stop praying for them. You know, but if that's the case right there, they've shown they obviously have a hard heart. You got, it's our duty to continue to pray for them. It's our duty to continue to 